But Katie is displacing anger and going after Sheena's jugular, quite literally, in such a way that she should be going after her ex-husband. It's like, I don't know why she's still making excuses for Tom Schwartz. You two are getting divorced. You are getting divorced. You are not with this man anymore. You have literally no reason that you need to make excuses for him anymore. This This is is not not just another another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a hot minute. I went on vacation and forgot to let you know that I was going on vacation. Actually, I had planned to do an episode the week that I was leaving, and I just, I think I overestimated the amount of things that I had to do before I left, and in true fashion of my personality, I left it all until last minute. So therefore, the time that I had planned and etched out to record a podcast before I left on vacation clearly did not happen. So I apologize, but I'm here. It's been a two-week hiatus. I had a nice little break. I went to Jamaica for five days. My grandmother actually lives there in the winter. So we try to go every single year. It's not at an all-inclusive. Everyone's always like, oh, where do you stay? Tell us what you love to do there. This is just a tiny little beach fishing town. Her patio and and area and house is right on the water. I have never stayed at a resort in Jamaica. I could not tell you what the two... Actually, I take that back. One time when I was there, when I actually brought my children, we did go to Dunn's River Falls. That's the only touristy thing that I've ever done in Jamaica. I don't do... uh, Like, it's not normal tourist life when we go there. This is my second home. The locals and everyone that lives in this area and works in this area... Their family. They are second family. I'm excited when I go there and I miss them deeply when we leave. But there is not a face that is not remembered. There is not a person that would not take the shirt off of their back for you. The weather was wonderful. The people were wonderful. The food was, as always, top notch. It is exquisite cuisine. I cannot ever get enough of it. Of course, when I came home, all I wanted was um, a cheeseburger, pizza, and pasta. That's it. That's all I could think about. And those were the first three things that I ate when I came home. Speaking of coming home, we were supposed to arrive back in the States. Well, we did arrive back in the States on a Wednesday, but we were supposed to come home on a Wednesday. And it was right smack dab in the middle of the massive blizzard winter storm. I think they called it Olive. Right smack dab in the middle of that. So we actually had our flight from North Carolina to home canceled. And as we were trying to get flights rescheduled, of course, you know, because of the storm, it was across the entire Midwest. 
it was not so easy. We had half, there were five of us that went, we had half of the people going to one location. Um, myself and another person were going to a different location. The vehicle was an entirely different location altogether. But thankfully the next morning when we got to the airport, we were like, okay, we're either going not get on this flight, but we're going to try to change it. And if we can't, we're just going to stay another night and then we'll, you know, make the best of it and figure out the rest as it comes. As as it would happen, there was room on what would have been our original flight. So we got on that flight, got home. Uh, everything was great. It was about 24 hours later. The storm was still ongoing. Driving was not enjoyable. I love to travel, but I don't love these sides of travels. And actually, this is the first time I think I've ever been stranded because of weather or in a situation where multiple flights are canceled and you can't get on another one. I've had issues where, you know, one flight is delayed and I miss my connecting flight and I'm kind of stuck in a place for that for a longer period of time, but never like this, which I, you know, knock on wood, let's hope it never happens again. It was interesting because I learned that everyone and their brother is going to try to get on a flight at the exact same time. The people at the desk are not going to be able to provide you (laughs) with the same flights that are being shown on the app. And when you call customer service to try to have them help you, which I did six times, and I had to always wait at least 20 to 30 minutes on hold, they also will not provide you the same flights that the person at the desk or or the app is telling you. So it's quite interesting. Then what really, we were on American, and I don't mean to like start this as a rant of travel, but we were on American. I've never flown American, but the rest of the group had already booked their tickets, so that's what I flew on. I usually fly Delta. I have a Delta credit card, a Delta business credit card. I have been a Delta business credit card holder at least eight years, if not more. It's quite easy to say that I am fairly loyal to Delta. So while we are in North Carolina and we're trying to figure out like, okay, did we just stay another day? What I was trying to do was get my American flight changed to one airport. And then I was going to book my own Delta flight from that airport home. I was going to pay for it. I am in the middle of booking this flight. It was like $170 or $200 or something. I had a credit, whatever. I'm like, listen, if I end up not needing this flight, it's okay. If I, that's not that much money, I'll just eat it. While I was in the midst of booking this flight, because I had looked at it so much, that flight then went from like the $200, whatever it was, up to $476. From the time that I said, let's book and started putting in from my information and then went to the final cart, that is what it changed to. That alone frustrated me more than anything. I am a loyal Delta flyer. I have the business card. It's like the reserve platinum or whatever it is. Like it's not just a regular biz, a regular credit card. It is one of the ones that I thought, you know, they give the quote most perks to, which that's a whole other thing because all they've done is take away perks. I was upset. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There are people that are just trying to get home to their families right now in the midst of this storm. And your goal is to make an additional $276. Not to mention that all flights in general right now are outrageously priced. Like I keep trying to tell my kids, we're not going anywhere for spring break because I'm not going to pay $800 a person to fly to Florida let alone $5,000 plus it would cost me if we were to go back to Jamaica. 
It's just, it's outrageous. And it's all about money right now. That's all it is. So anyway, that's the end of that event, but it was wonderful. The vacation was wonderful. It's hard to come off of a vacation and then have situations like that kind of derail, you know, the quiet and the calm and the peace and the relaxing feeling that you had while on vacation, because it just turns you into like this raging psychopath, of course. Uh, Like I am not a good traveler. If things are not, I, I do better traveling by myself usually, because if I need to like wrangle other humans and I need to listen to other people trying to tell me how I need to do things or what I need to do, I lose it. I just lose it. Like, let me walk away by myself. Let me sit in the airport by myself. Don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm just, it's always like the flight home too. You know, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a good crowd people person. I like to do things in my own time. And so going with a group is difficult sometimes. So when you come off of just a wonderful vacation and then shit like that happens, it's like, damn it. Now I need another vacation. While I was on vacation, so many things happened. I had an experience on TikTok yesterday where I posted a story and I feel like, I don't know how stories actually work on TikTok. Like, are they still going to the masses? Are they only going to the people that follow you? I'm not sure because I posted about how the Traders Reunion was on. Brandy and Reza were not in attendance. And I was like, Reza, where are you? Where are you? You know, but the point of the story was like, we know why Brandy Glanville is not there. I had someone in the comment go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can't you, like, how do you not know this? That uh, is something along those lines. I immediately blocked that person. They weren't following me, so I don't know how they saw it. But I immediately blocked them and I had to do a post yesterday like, this is something I've talked about on here, but I am not on TikTok to regurgitate news. Like I am here to give you my thoughts and opinions and people follow me for that reason. But when I opened the account, when I started the account, it was very much, I need to be on. I need to get the breaking news. I need to do it immediately. If I don't, nobody's going to follow me. And it was just this very much like that hustle culture that I just, I needed to break away from. So when I got that comment yesterday, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how dare you come into my space, kind of break my mental peace about things. I was not online for a week. I did not know that Reza's father had passed. I did not know any of this. Like, I don't follow Reza. I don't follow a lot of the actual, like, Bravo Liberties accounts because I, it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) And sometimes I need to protect myself. I don't have any other reason to follow, but you came into my space and just kind of like started attacking me for taking time off, allowing myself to regroup. And so this vacation actually was a real true testament to that because I don't have Wi-Fi there. I can go on. I can use like the travel pass with Verizon, but I don't have Wi-Fi. I try not to. I try to just stay off of my phone. No mindless scrolling. No, nothing like that. And it was really the first test of, okay, I'm going to completely detach myself from this account for an entire week. And when I came back, when I was in that airport in North Carolina, and I'm looking at all of the things I missed, and I'm like, what in the world? And so much of it seemed like it was TikTok drama, right? Like a lot of it seemed like it was TikTok drama, whether it was a certain TikToker that got herself in trouble, the girlies fighting, everything seemed to be happening there. And I'm like, I just took a little bit of time off. And what in the world did I come back to? So here's a little rundown of the things that I missed while I was away. I'm going to kind of discuss with you a little bit. First, this one is kind of like 
evolving minute by minute. But Taylor Frankie Paul, the you know, mom talk, Utah, Mormon, whatever, TikToker, which I never really paid any attention to this group until the whole alleged swinging thing happened or the cheating or whatever really happened there. I don't know. She's the only one that still comes up and pops up on my feed. I don't follow any of them. Lately, since she and Dakota, I think that's his name, Dakota, were back together. Like I'm seeing a lot of her stuff. And what I was seeing from her is a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down. You know, she would show like the state of her home and she would show the struggles that she was having with mental health and really trying to re regroup all of that. And then her and Dakota broke up for a while and then now they're back together. But what happened while I was away is that she was arrested for alleged domestic violence. Little bits and pieces are coming out now as the days go on, like the Utah Sheriff's Department or wherever news outlets are starting to share more. Essentially, it sounds like she went to a party with her friends, was drinking, had Dakota pick her up, and I, it's hard to tell, like, I don't know if her kids were at home with Dakota while she was out, but her kids were in the home when this happened, and allegedly one, one or maybe both of her children may have been injured in the incident as well. They definitely were there and witnessed. So this is domestic violence in front of a child, which on its own is a, its own separate charge. But if the child was also injured in this, that's, you know, a lot more and a lot bigger of a situation. A video that I saw today was that she was like allegedly throwing bar stools, like metal bar stools at Dakota, may have hit one of the children. Uh, she was arrested for domestic violence and she has not been back to TikTok. He has come into some comments here and there saying that he will not comment on it. You know, he will not say anything about her, but then oddly enough, went to the Daily Mail and made a statement so it's like, did the Daily Mail pay him? I don't know. It doesn't sound good. And I was thinking today when I saw more of this come up, thinking back to the content that I've seen from her. And, you know, again, I'm mentioning like those highs and lows and, and really low. It makes me nervous for her. It makes me concerned for her. Not in a way that domestic violence is okay. Like I there, I read a lot of comments and, and people are trying to say they feel bad for her that this happened or, you know, they feel bad that she was arrested. Like, that's not what I mean. If she did all of these things, she 1000% needs to be held accountable. What I'm saying is it makes me concerned for her mental well-being moving forward. If there are things criminally that are going to happen with the domestic violence against Dakota, that's one thing. If there are situations that are going to come up with her children and have her children taken away from her, that's another thing. Like all of these things put together with what is portrayed and you know, it's it's TikTok. So we can't really say like neither here nor there, but Putting together all of these different things seems as though it could be a really scary situational place for her moving forward. So I hope that while she is being held accountable, while she goes through the court system and is whatever comes for her comes for her, I do hope that there is someone that is there to support her mental well-being because it is a very scary situation for someone that struggles with mental illness 
as she has said, I'm not making assumptions. She's mentioned that in the past to be at this type of low and that, you know, my heart goes out to her entire family in that situation. I hope that she can be supported while she goes through this process. More TikTok drama. The girlies are fighting. Haley, Selena, and Kylie. Now, I don't know if this is legit. I don't know if this is PR. I don't know. It started because a video of Haley Bieber basically like saying like she made a gag face to a reference of Taylor Swift started coming up on TikTok and Selena comments on it, you know, like that's her girl. That's her ride or die. You know, she and Taylor are tight. So she's coming into the comment section to support and defend her friend. Rightfully so. The only thing I will say about this ahead, like, because I don't want to forget it, is I can't believe, you know, Taylor's doing a really good job of staying out of this. (laughs) And the people, the Taylor Nation is doing a good job of staying out of this, shockingly enough, because you don't want to piss off Taylor Nation. Like, the Swifties are going to come for you. So it's interesting that that's kind of been quiet. But I think the Swifties have also completely backed Selena. So Selena comments about this video, you know, supporting and defending Taylor. Then she has a video that she's saying like, I laminated my brows too much. Ha ha. Look at me. I'm an idiot type of thing. Like making fun of herself to which Kylie then goes on Instagram stories, posts just a picture of like her laminated eyebrows and then tags Haley. And it says like, was it an accident? I mean, in my opinion, that looks like a mean girl throw her under the bus type of thing, right? It feels very high school. It feels very shady. If you, And then she comes back into a comment and says, that's not what I meant. And Selena's like, no, I really like Kylie. We're good. Everything's fine. Trying to like cover things up because meanwhile, Kylie's losing followers. Haley Bieber's losing followers. Selena Gomez is like jumping up the charts, going over Kylie in followers, While all of this is happening and they're trying to make it look like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. Well, then what did you mean? Because it's too, in my opinion, it's too coincidental. Like, I don't think there are a lot of posts that are that are saying that the Internet is taking this and running with it. I just don't think that it's a coincidence. It feels very much like that was something that should have been in the group chat and should have stayed in the group chat. And if that kind of thing is going on Instagram, like what is in the group chat, right? I don't want to speculate too much on this because there are people that are like, oh, they're be- they're being so mean. There are people that are saying like Selena needs to get grow up. And then there are people that are straight up like you guys are making something out of nothing. I don't think it's nothing. I don't. I just don't think it's that deep of a coincidence. That's what that's what happened. This is what I came back to. And I was just like, what in the world? I also came back to a lot of things that I needed to catch up on. Real Housewives of New Jersey, I didn't get to watch before I left. Vanderpump Rules, I didn't get to watch before I left. I'm still not caught up on Real Housewives of Miami. Potomac, like five days with, uh, what, four, four to five shows right now was a lot. That was a lot. So I still haven't watched last week's episode of Miami. I have watched up through Adriana breaking her ankle or her foot. And I'm using quotes right now. Because, girl, let's be serious. Before I watch that episode, I am team Adriana. I'm team Nicole, Gertie, you know, all. I'm team everyone except for Alexia and Marisol. Because I don't know what it is with Alexia this season. And Marisol is just her little puppet that runs around behind her. But I don't know what's up with Alexia this season. It's giving very much like Vicky Gunvalson vibes in a much 
classier, flashier way. I am the one. I am the OG. Why are you here? It's just giving off a weird vibe. So I was very much like everyone other than Alexia Marisol until I until I watched the episode with Adriana breaking her foot. And now in Adriana's defense, I will say she tried to articulate and communicate with Alexia what she was feeling. She tried, but it also was very much like pick me. I did feel badly for her when she was talking about, you know, how she's kind of left alone and everyone else is finding someone and she's not. I did feel badly for her in that sense because I think it's probably getting to a point where it's taking a toll on her. Like she's what, 50 or 55, something like that. And she's probably starting to worry, like I'm going to be alone forever. And I'm watching everyone else be in these really healthy, loving relationships. And I just don't have that. But the way she's going about it, I'm like, you are doing too much. You are doing too much. And now again, I haven't watched last week's. So at the end of the episode that I recently watched, she makes a comment about Frankie. And I can see that is not going to go well with Alexia. And Adriana crossed a line there. And so maybe I'm not so much Adriana's side. I don't know. I have to watch the next episode. Overall, this whole season is just giving so much on Miami. I do not want it to end. I don't want it to end. It's been so good. Larsa continues to just <laughs> be the biggest bullshitter. And I I love how production is trying to take a step like they have with Potomac. They haven't quite done it as well, but they're trying to take a step with Potomac by, by like showing all the different times when Larsa's like, I'm not here to cause drama. Bitch, you have made shit up about every person in this group. And production was like, hang on, let's let's roll the tape. So I really hope that production kind of does that. And they I hope in the reunion that they held Larsa accountable for all of the all of the trash that she's been saying about literally every person except Alexia and Marisol, which is interesting to me because she even immediately started the season going after her good friend, Lisa. And so I don't understand. I don't know. There are still episodes to go. Maybe she still does that as well. I hope that they hold her accountable for the reunion. However, I am not ready for Real Housewives of Miami to end. Speaking of another uh, franchise that is coming to an end, Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh my goodness. I am so disappointed by half of the cast. And by half of the cast, I mean Robin, Giselle, and Ashley. And I'm not all the way. I'm going to give a shout out to Bravo Bros podcast. I'm only about halfway through, but I've been listening to Chris Bassett's interview with them. Oh, the shit that these women have put him and Candace through. And the real story of what went on, like how they formulated this, how actually the night that Chris, you know, quote, slid into Ashley's DMs was actually the night after the reunion where they had just been together, where they had just spoken to one another about like, hey, if you're ever at the hotel, like, you know, I'll hook you up, whatever. Like in person, you just had this conversation. That's what it was. That's the time frame. And these women have drugged them through the mud this entire season and have no accountability. Ashley just has like this, oh God, I, I like her, but I do not like her this season. 
Like I like, I I was really rooting for her and Luke. I really kind of watched that. I love her TikTok. I don't love her this season because every time she gets a little bit of information, it's like fireworks are just going off in her body. And at some point it's going to all come out, right? And she can't wait to do it. Like it's her excitement. She has been stirring this fucking pot the entire season. And I'm not here for it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The opportunity that Candace and Ashley have that they could have to be very close and good friends is so big and so wide. But it's Ashley that keeps just fucking it up. And I think it's because of this antics of the show. She like she cannot just be real. She can't just be herself. She's playing a part in this show lately. I don't like it. This entire season with Ashley has been off. Giselle is doing everything too much in everyone else's business. Mia, Mia, she's out. Like Mia's out for next season anyway. The way that they treated Wendy so far in this reunion, especially when it came to the fight with Mia, was absolutely disgusting. I, I don't even want to talk about it because there's like there's no defense of it it's just if you watched it you know you you saw it you saw how they treated her but Robin we're going to talk about production and we're going to talk about the hits keep coming with the production and hopefully they win a fucking Emmy or something for their role on this season the way that Robin says every little thing and then We're going to fast forward to finding out about this situation with Juan Dixon and the girl that he, quote, paid the hotel for. Or, you know, she made a comment on the reunion of we're on a reality show. Like our lives are out for display. And production's like, oh, yeah, really? Well, how about here's the clip of you on your podcast saying, I'll tell you the real story when you pay me on Patreon. I don't know what's going to happen with Giselle and Robin moving forward. I have a feeling that... If Robin is not asked to return, because I don't think that anybody is, you know, Andy is no longer a producer. There's that, but I think he holds enough pull and you can tell that Andy is not happy with her. Like that whole Watch What Happens Live special, he read her and he took her through it. And I just don't think he's very happy. So it'll be interesting to see if Robin is asked to return. You know, all of the shady things that she did all season and alongside with Giselle, she messed up the moment she went on that podcast and said, I'll tell you the whole story on Patreon. Is she is paid by Bravo to share her life. She said it on the reunion couch. We are here to share our lives. And number one, you went that entire season Knowing that your future husband had, I'm sorry, quote, not cheated, but had been, quote, DMing someone on Instagram, you knew that that was happening. And every single time that one was accused of something, you clapped back and threw it on someone else and, you know, deflected. And then when you're caught, you go on your podcast and you say, well, this is what happened, but I'll tell you the real story if you pay me. Mm-mm, no, ma'am. You are double dipping here. You are double dipping, and I don't think that Bravo is going to like that. I would be very surprised if we see Robin Dixon come back next season. Had she just been open and honest, 
on, even if it was on the podcast, like even if she hid it the entire season and didn't talk about it on the reunion or anything like that, I think people would have still given her a pass. Like it would have looked more like Karen was right. You were hiding. Karen was right. But the moment that they went on that podcast and she then said, I'll tell you the truth if you pay me, that I think is not going to bode well for Robin Dixon's future on Real Housewives of Potomac. I have seen crazier things happen, obviously. Who knows? Maybe she'll beg for forgiveness, but I, I'm calling it now. I really don't think we're going to see Robin back next season. And it'll be interesting because if Robin goes, will Giselle go? I don't know. I don't know. I think Giselle needs it too much. <laughs> as close as they are, I don't know if I see Giselle really being that loyal of a person that will walk with Robin. I really, I don't know. We still have one more episode of the reunion and it is when the men come and We'll see how this all plays out. I've already, like I said, I'm in the middle of listening to Chris's interview on Bravo Bros, and it sounds like Chris is really going to lay it all out there, as he should on the reunion. So that will air on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize right now if you need to hit pause and take a break. This episode is going to be a little bit longer than the normal ones because I had more than I needed to catch up on after being gone for two weeks. We still need to talk about Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of New Jersey. So let's talk about Pump Rules first. Last season was a complete flop for VPR. You know, they tried to bring all these new people in. It did not work. I honestly did not even finish the entire season last year because I could not handle it. I could not handle seeing. And I think that what happened is Bravo knew that. And they knew that they needed to get rid of them. They knew they needed to focus on the core group. But I also thought the only way that this is ever going to work is if people break up. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's getting divorced and breaking up for the show, obviously, that this is, quote, their real lives, especially when it comes to like Lala and Randall. That's a hot mess. You know, Tom and Katie never should have gotten married in the first place. But the only reason that this show is working right now is because they are all breaking up and all single. Tom Schwartz is the biggest man-child baby bullshitter I've ever experienced on the show. And I thought Jax was bad. I thought Jax was bad. Ariana in last week's episode said, I've been saying it for years. And that girl has. And I have been saying it since episode one of this season. I don't know why. I never saw it before. But he is bullshitting everyone. He does all of these things and is never held accountable. I've always thought that Schwartz is like, you know, this funny, dumb, you know, kind of naive human, right? That is just constantly being run over the coals by Katie. But what we're seeing now is he is the manipulator, he has been the master manipulator this entire time, but he puts on this nice guy, this naive, dumb guy show, and we all go, oh, it's okay, it's Schwartz. He doesn't know any better. No. We are now seeing that we should have known better. And Ariana said, I've been saying it for years, and nobody wants to listen to me. She's right. 
she's so fucking right. Quite probably, they've actually probably been editing that out because Sandoval has probably told her to like shut the fuck up or something stupid. Like I just looking at t- ugh, let's talk about Sandoval for a second. I've always really enjoyed Ariana and Tom together. I'm feeling this season. I don't know why Tom Sandoval seems like he just wants to attack everyone. I hope, reach out to me and let me know if it's just me because I'm kind of processing this in my brain as I'm speaking it. I feel like he is on the attack for everything. It used to work really well between Ariana and Tom. It almost feels like they're just coexisting and she's kind of just letting things slide. And maybe that's because we haven't seen a whole lot of them together because the storylines have been Katie and Tom or James and Raquel or Lala. You know, maybe that's why we're not really seeing it. But the way he went after Lala, it's almost like maybe he feels like he didn't get enough airtime last season. So now he needs to attack in that way or he needs to be the Jacks. But also, I would be interested to see how long this relationship between these two lasts. Like, for real. Are they just coexisting at this point? I don't know. And I love Ariana. I really, I think that she is my, she always has been my favorite person on the show. Because she's always been real. She doesn't take anybody's bullshit. She stands up to literally everybody. I love Ariana. And I hope that if there are some things that are going on there that they get that figured out or she can start putting Sandoval in his place because dude is not having it. And he, it's not it for him this season. But I got off on a tangent there. What I was saying is that I wonder if it's always been Sandoval that's kind of shut her down on it because of the relationship that he and Schwartz have. Tom Schwartz is my least favorite person right now. And it started from episode one and then he doubled down on it on Watch What Happens Live when he said that he was still spending time with and hanging out with Randall Emmett. This man is being investigated for child pornography and sexual exploitation. I don't give a you-know-what if it's rumors or not, if those are the rumors, something has happened to allow things like that to come up, right? Something around there comes up. And when we see the flashbacks of Lala telling Stassi and getting her hair done of the role playing and like she has to be on the casting couch, come on. Like that all seems all too specific and all too familiar to what's happening now. And when I talk about this on TikTok, people come for me and they're like, he can make his own decisions. He, you know, Randall, just because, like, I don't care. If you were a person that is associating with someone that is being investigated for things such as that, uh, you're like, that person is done to, for me. You are out of my life. You are, no, 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 no. I don't want to be seen with you. I don't want to converse with you. I don't want you calling me, asking me to play pickleball, Right. Like, it's just, it's not a good look. And Tom, that, the moment that I heard him say that, that's where I knew I was done. I was done with him. And he has continuously kind of just created this own narrative for himself the entire season. And last week we got into the, you know, Raquel and Tom hooking up and Katie is just straight up blaming Sheena. Now Sheena is messy. Sheena brings Tom Schwartz onto her podcast so that she can get the downloads. 
You know, this is like a new thing. They're getting divorced. That's the hot topic. And Sheena's like, I'm going to get that story. Everybody's going to come to the, to my podcast. Everybody for the record, I did not listen to it. I've never listened to Sheena's podcast. I have, however, listened to Lala's, but I have not listened to Sheena's. So she didn't get my listen. She knew that she was doing that for the downloads in that moment, right? She is being messy in the way that she is trying to connect the dots with Raquel and Tom. Now, quite frankly, Raquel and Tom would probably be great together aside from all of the drama, right? But the two of them together, they're both just so, who knows, they're chaotic. Sheena's right in the middle of all this happening. And Katie instantly goes for Sheena's throat. Now, I understand why Katie's pissed. I understand that Katie does not want Sheena to meddle. She doesn't want Sheena, she probably didn't want Sheena to have Tom on her podcast. She probably doesn't want Sheena talking about her divorce. She probably doesn't want Sheena trying to hook her ex-husband up with someone else. I get it. I understand it. But also, you know, there are those moments where Katie's like, Sheena, you were my bridesmaid. Yeah, she was one of her bridesmaids. And Katie has always treated Sheena like shit. Always. There have been many years where they are not speaking, where they are not friends. Katie is horrific to her. I mean, it's Sheena. She's going to play victim no matter what. Yes, she was a bridesmaid in your wedding. However, the way you treated her before, after, and during the wedding, she should have quit. She should have not been a bridesmaid, but it's Sheena, so she's going to do it for a spotlight. But Katie is displacing anger and going after Sheena's jugular, quite literally, in such a way that she should be going after her ex-husband. It's like, I don't know why... She's still making excuses for Tom Schwartz. You two are getting divorced. I I think during the time of this filming, they were in the process of getting divorced. And like now I believe it's official, official. You are getting divorced. You are not with this man anymore. You have literally no reason that you need to make excuses for him anymore. And Katie can be ruthless. She can be a very mean and ruthless person. And right now she's pushing that on Raquel and Sheena when she really should be doing that to Tom. Like she's so focused on trying to make sure everybody's okay and that her and Tom are just like divorced. You know, they're the picture perfect divorce couple. It doesn't have to be that way. But quit displacing your anger that you have for your ex and his actions that you've always had, but you've always made excuses for it. Quit displacing the anger on the women. But also, Sheena, just stay the fuck out of it. (laughs) This whole thing is just going to get messier and messier and messier as we go, especially like when they actually hook up. There are a lot of people that are saying that they think that Raquel and Tom were hooking up prior to all of this. I don't know if I necessarily believe that on the part of Raquel, because I really do think that she's been struggling with this whole James breakup. Tom Schwartz has zero morality in anything. So he's going to, you know, he, he didn't even stop making out with people when he was married. So of course he's going to do whatever. I don't know if I truly believe that they were beforehand. I guess until one of them admits it, that that's where we stand with it. The whole season, I think, is going to get messier as we go. Last but not least, Real Housewives of New Jersey. I just saved the best for last because every episode just keeps giving and giving and giving. Last night's episode, I think, was probably one of the more heavy hit episodes that we've had thus far. Because it was like things were coming from every single angle, and I cannot touch on everything. So as Robin Dixon would say, you can find more information on my Patreon if you want to join. (laughs) 
I'm not, you know, it's just thoughts and opinions. There's no hidden truth that I've been hiding for a year. Jersey is one of those that my opinion on things will change every single week. In the very beginning, even before the season, but after episode one, through all of them, until now, I have said that I do not like new housewife Danielle. I have said that I did not like her. And after last night's episode, I am completely changing my opinion. I'm completely, I loathe, now loathe, uh, new housewife Rachel. She's the young one there, I think. I really like Jennifer Fessler. Jen Fessler, I think her name is. I really like her so far. I'm, I'm Now that her and Rachel are kind of like in cahoots, with some things with Jennifer Aiden, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But I also really like seeing the dynamic of these three new housewives. Like they're kind of over in the corner having their own thing. And you can see the disconnect between the OGs and them. But it's also in a different capacity. It's not like they're feeling pushed out. I feel like they're having their own little side conversations and not really knowing how to push forward. And remember when these women came in, you know, they were all kind of fighting for that spot, including Jackie. Jackie was also fighting for that spot and we see how she got pushed out. But the reason that I have now flopped and I am really enjoying Danielle was something she said in last night's episode and it was in reference to the Jackie comments. Now, first of all, let's go back to last week. Now, remember this Danielle, when she was introduced to the group, she was introduced as Teresa's friend. So last week she comes on and says, yes, I'm friends with Teresa, but Melissa's doing a really good job like this. She's doing the business that I want to, and I really would like to learn from her. And she's talking about going to a buying, like a store and doing buying for her, her store. Cause she has like a, a kids, like a mommy and me type store. So she's basically saying like, I'm going with Melissa so that I can learn more about this side of the business, even though we're not really friends knowing that she is Teresa's friend. And I understand when it comes to the show, they're all going to get mixed together. Melissa knows that Melissa knows that this girl is Teresa's friend. So I think the reason that Melissa is kind of pulling her in to take her under her wing and start, you know, dishing shit into her ear and being a little gossip queen with her is because she wants to get on that good side of Danielle before Teresa kind of allows her to tear her apart. So while they're on that little, they're in the little boutique, that is when Melissa drops the the little piece of information to Danielle. Jackie had looked her up and down because she was talking trash about her hamper shorts. (laughs) Jackie had been talking about how it looked like she had pulled her shorts out of the hamper. And I mean, she clearly like looked her straight up and down. Like, I don't know how many times we need to see the flashback, but she did it multiple Multiple times we've seen it. So Melissa purposely drops that little piece of information. It had to do with the fact that Danielle did not invite Jackie to the mozzarella party, which I, she made a statement on last night's episode, which is where I'm like, okay, I actually love you. Like, yes, you're not doing this just for TV. She made a comment to Jackie's face saying, listen, you looked me up and down. You disrespected me. That's why I didn't invite you. Like, why would I invite you into my home after you disrespected me? And I fucking love that because all of these reality shows, every single reality show ever, other than, you know, I, it's interesting because this is kind of a similar situation kind of happened in Miami when, you know, Nicole said, she wasn't going to invite Lara, Larsa, but she did, and inevitably. Like, that was a whole big thing that she didn't want to invite Larsa because to her home because she didn't know her. And Larsa has this big fit, right? 
But this is like the actual reality of it. Danielle or Nicole, they're saying like, you disrespected me or I don't know you. I'm not inviting you to my house just because the cameras are rolling and it's in our contract to party together. So when Danielle said that in last night's episode, I was like, yes, girl. Yes. And then when Jackie's like, please get your hands out of my face. (laughs) And meanwhile, here I am sitting in my room by myself right now talking with my hands like that's just how I talk. That is how I talk. And I'm sorry that it it gets in your space. It's not to you, but this is how I talk. This is how I express myself. I think she's just being very real without the idea of I have to play it up for cameras. So there you go. There is an official flip floppity. When everyone comes on, it comes for me and says, you never switch. You never change your opinion. You just, no, I just did. I hate, I did not want anything to do with her in the taglines, in the trailer, in the first however many episodes. And yesterday she like solidified it for me. I am very much down with Danielle, the new housewife. Now let's talk about Teresa and Joe and this, this housewarming party. Teresa I think a lot of people will probably say that Louis shouldn't have meddled. Louis shouldn't have been writing notes to her and telling her what to say. But what is so very heartbreaking to me is the conversation that these two have. And that is when Louis is writing things down. And I think it's, I I feel like he's actually helping to articulate what she wants to say, but doesn't know how, because you can see it. There's so much generational breakdown of communication happening there. They don't do this. They don't do this. And this is a generational thing. And I'm hoping, I'm I'm so hopeful that on both sides of this family that their children can break this, that their children can grow from this and learn from this and see it be better communicators, not just to each other, but to everyone. Because this is a generational thing that ha- that goes on in Italian families and Italian culture. You don't talk about it. You don't share what you're feeling. You don't do any of that. You see them on the phone. They're both just like, yeah, all right, okay. You want to talk? No. Yeah, me neither. And, and Louis is trying to like keep her on track. Like, hey, you made this phone call because you want to make peace with your brother. Also, you made this phone call so you can invite him to the housewarming party. There were two things... But their their breakdown in communication is so strong that there's no way to get through it, I don't think, without Louis needing to write down those little notes. I think he's getting a lot of slack. And I'm again, I'm so still on the fence here about Louis, and I'm not making any judgment of if he's, you know, an opportunist or is he not or is he good for her. I'm just not there yet to make that opinion because I still don't know. What I do feel very strongly about is that he is more evolved in the healing and communication and therapeutic avenues, and he is trying with her. He is trying to help her and assist her with that. And people are taking that as he is trying to manipulate her, and I just don't see it that way. I don't feel that that's the case. I think he's honestly trying to support. And in that phone conversation on the other side, I really felt like Melissa was kind of doing the same thing, but it still seems disingenuous because once Joe says, I'm not going, the I don't think that Melissa went there as she claimed to make peace, to offer a gesture. I think the only reason that Melissa went is it's in her contract and she's supposed to go to these parties. Had Joe not gone and it wasn't a situation like that, I really don't think that she would have gone. 
But she makes a comment of this is just another thing that Teresa is going to hold over his head. Like I live with like toxic family. I live with people that I have had that are very close to me that I've had to cut out of my life. So I get it. I understand that part of not wanting to go. But also then that wouldn't mean that I would be like, oh, my spouse should go in my place and put that peace offering. Like he's been in my life for 20 years just because one person hasn't done him the way that they did to me. I wouldn't expect him to go and offer a peace offering. Hell no. You'd say, absolutely not. You're not going. So it was disingenuous to me that Melissa was even there in the first place. And then we get into the entire, this is my chosen family. And Melissa starts the waterworks and the sniffles. And who is right there to just twist the knife a little bit harder is Margaret. Was it kind of a cringy comment to make? Absolutely. Maybe not good timing on Teresa's part. Did she do it as a dig? She very well could have, okay? I'm not defending this statement because I think it was probably the wrong choice, wrong time. What was said was that this was chosen family. These are the people that she and Louis invited. And just because Joe was not there does not mean that he was not chosen. He was asked to be there. He was invited. He chose not to be there. So why is it such a bad thing why is it Teresa's fault? And again, she shouldn't have made the comment. Like, that was in poor taste. But is it a dig or is it Teresa just being Teresa? I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer for that. But I'm not going to defend her in it either because it was, it was a poor choice of words. But then Melissa makes it about her and goes off with the sniffles and the crying. And it's like, girl, no. And the, uh, and the conversation she had with Teresa's girls was the most uncomfortable, awkward thing I've ever seen. Last week, there was a video posted by Joe Gorga, who took the perfect opportunity as they, quote, accidentally ran into Joe Judice in the Bahamas. And they decided to record it with, you know, giving hugs and laughing together and post it on social media saying, there's all this water under the bridge, et cetera. And, you know, at least we can move on. Okay, that was all for show. And Gia comes in to the comments and she's like, the man that you have put down and attacked for years all of a sudden, like, give me a break. So it turned into this like comment fight between Joe and Melissa and Gia. Now, when I talked about it, I was defending Gia. Like she has every single right to speak up. I'm not defending Joe Judice. I am not defending Joe Gorga. I'm not even attacking Joe Gorga. I'm, a, I'm simply saying that Gia Judice is an adult now. So every time someone's like, the children need to stay out of it. No, no, no. Some of these girls are adults. Gia is an adult. She is coming to the defense of her father. This is still her father. No matter what he's done to Teresa, no matter what he's done to Joe Gorga, he was not a poor father to Gia. If she wants to come to defend her father, she has every right to do so. It is not about her mom or the way that her mother was treated or the way that the Gorgas were treated by him. It was her father. So while this conversation is happening with Melissa and the girls, like I was very shocked how composed Gabby and Gia kept it and did not go in on it because they had just got done talking about how they were upset because Melissa and Joe talked about the how they were the ones that did everything for Teresa or everything for the girls while Teresa was away. You know, Melissa says, oh, it was food on the table. And what I meant by that was that we had to come and film with Joe so that 
he could put food on the table. But then in the next breath says, oh, I was the one there picking them up for dance every day. Gia could have in that moment completely obliterated Melissa and she didn't. She kept it together. I'm sure for the fact of not wanting to ruin her mother's party, but alas, it's a Real Housewives New Jersey party. So we know that it's going to turn to trash anyway, but it was so uncomfortable. And the way that, you know, Melissa just kind of sits there and tries to make this small talk. And then she says, point blank, I have so much love for them and I miss them. And I know they have hate for me. I know they have hate for me. And you kind of have to wonder, like, number one, don't, like, tell someone how they feel, first of all. You don't know how they feel unless they've told you, I hate you. Don't put their feelings in your mouth. Like, you cannot assume what they are feeling. But also, maybe use this as an opportunity to allow the conversation between the girls and to understand why they're upset or why you think that they hate you. Is it because you of what you think that their mother has told you? Or do you think that there's a valid reason? Like going on social media and saying, I did all of this for them when you didn't. I just didn't find anything in last night's episode about Melissa genuine. I don't think she wanted to be there at this party. I don't think, I feel like the, the conversation with the girls was forced We didn't even see her really even have a conversation with Teresa. And then she runs off like sniffling and crying. The whole thing is just, it's very disingenuous to me at this party. Like I don't think she wanted to be there at all. And there are so many other things that were happening there. (laughs) Uh, Once again, Margaret is at like the center of all of it. I am just so tired of her stirring every pot or starting every fight And still, once again, let me say it again, Margaret, you don't need to hold the pink cast in the air. We all know your hand or wrist or whatever is broken. You can put it down. Like you can put it on your side. You can let it, let it rest on your side. It doesn't have to be elevated at all times. She uses it as an accessory and it's really annoying. I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts on Margaret and so many, like so many other things happened on last night's episode, but this episode has become far too long. And I don't want to keep yapping and ranting and raving in your ear anymore. So it's going to have to wait until I can do a full episode breakdown on Patreon. As Robin Dixon would say, please, please join me on Patreon. It is only $5 a month. You will get access to exclusive episode breakdown. So you will get Vanderpump Rules exclusive episodes. You will get Real Housewives of New Jersey exclusive episodes. All of the breakdowns that I cannot possibly get into fully as we have to condense on this episode. That's what you'll find inside my Patreon. Only $5 a month. I hope that you will join. If you enjoyed this episode, I'm sorry that I rambled so much, but if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. I appreciate you. I appreciate the word of mouth, so to speak. And go into Apple or Spotify and leave me a rate and review. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm happy to be back and I will be back with you guys next Thursday with a brand new episode. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.